once again it's on the delayed episode my man had a lot of stuff going on in life we here barbershop mentality you might know what we're talking about we here with another podcast that you guys have been demanding so much how are you doing today Pete? listen i'm about three thousand bucks lighter in the pocket after this birthday <laughs> extravaganza that we had this past week um but i'm here i'm here i'm ready to get it back i'm ready to shake back all right so let's start it off I, yo I, they like this is a segment that, that i've been getting a lot of good reviews about since you know death row winfield let us off you know <laughs> let, let us free um black qb of the week uh do you want me to go or do you have a black qb of the week uh go I have ahead two black I have oh, you two got black QBs. I have two. Um, dang it, I had to find old boy. I wrote his name down. Old buddy that had 700 yards passing, I think, from Western Michigan or Western Kentucky. My man, uh, let me find a bad name. I had his name, bro. He had 600 yards passing, whatever, whatever his name is. Old buddy had 600 yards passing. Seven touchdowns. I think he had 70, 63 points. Shouts out to that brother. All right. Um, I'm gonna keep finding it while P go. But my other black QB of the week. Okay. This is very important to me. My man is currently unemployed. I'm back on the crack again. Cam <laughs> Newton is vaccinated. We back, baby. We back. That is my black QB of the week for getting the vax. Oh, and that quarterback is Eric Barrier from Eastern Washington University. My man had 600 yards, seven touchdowns. Your black QB of the week, sir. So since you went two, I'm going to throw two out there. One from college, one from the NFL. I am going to start in the NFL. I think everybody's pretty much on board with this pick. I don't think that we'll have many naysayers. He should be the front runner for the NFL MVP right now. That's going to be K1, Kyler Murray. Um, it seems like the team is on its back. Arizona is 6-0. It seems like they're about to get ready to go on a magical run. I mean, yes. they got the perfect blend of uh, vets on the, on the squad. You got an old J.J. Watt who kind of reminds me of that old Jared Allen when the Panthers had him, you know, not really being as productive, but being that veteran presence. And you just got Kyler Murray balling out. You got three or four receivers all eating. You don't have an answer for that. You got James Conner running back thinking he's back at Pitt. I mean, you, Kyler Murray just has everybody cooking. So that's my NFL Black QB of the week. My mm-hmm college black QB of the week and I might get some kickback from this because I don't know how much black he is but we're going we going to accept him in the fraternity uh Oklahoma University quarterback Caleb Williams is He's my black quarterback of the week back to back he is my back he he is performing with all eyes on him he is out here snatching spots he is out here not only snatching spots but getting potential first-round draft pick quarterbacks knocked out of even being drafted altogether. 
It's wild what's going on in Oklahoma. I feel bad for my guy Spencer, but at the end of the day, the best players play. You feel me? The game's the game. (laughs) The game is the game. Caleb, and, you know, with all that pressure and all that talk of having Spencer Rattler sitting behind you, X, Y, Z, he came out, he put all that noise, he put all that noise to bed. This man is a starting quarterback for Oklahoma. And not only does his presence make Oklahoma better as a football team, it potentially wins Oklahoma a national championship. Like that's how oh, we're talking yeah. about Oklahoma. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, wait, 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 wait. Let me let me clarify. I'm not saying they are going to win, but the way he's playing makes that conversation more realistic. It makes them a more realistic top four team in the country. Before, so, when you had Spencer there, they were in and out. Maybe they could do it. Probably not. Caleb Williams cooking. Probably they're at least at least top four in the country. Okay, so so I, okay, I agree with you. So he has to go to Baylor on the thirteenth. He has to play Iowa State. He has to beat Oklahoma State, who are six and up at Oklahoma State. So. It's not getting easier. The only test is Oklahoma State. The only test is Oklahoma State. Baylor don't got nothing. Uh, Iowa State, we thought they were going to be more than what they are. They, they're they not cooking. I think they even got some quarterback issues at the Iowa State. So, Okay. Okay. Um. You know what? I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it there. Let, before I go where I want to go, let, let me ask you this: Four best teams in the country right now. Four who, best who, teams in the country. Who right are going to be in the playoff next? So the playoff, the playoff conversation opens officially opens after next week, right? Mm-hmm. November first, no, November. Uh, I think November second. That's when the conversation opens up. That's that's when you know who's there, right? right. Who's going to be there? In your opinion. Number one is easily Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Number one is easily Georgia. I'm going to go ahead and say – man, I'm going to get killed because I'm skipping over folks. But I'm going to go ahead and say Alabama is going to end up being number two after it's all said and done. I don't believe that. But go ahead. So I got Georgia number one, Bama number two. I got to go Oklahoma number three. Okay. I don't know if Cincinnati has the stamina – I don't know if Cincinnati has a stamina. And I, I really, really want to get a Pac-12 team in there or a Big Ten team it's in not, there. It's not. It's a Big Ten a Big Ten team will be in there. A Pac-10 team will not be in there. That's not happening. So Oregon drop that. So then I'm going to say Ohio State is going to be four. So number one, Georgia. Number two, Bama. Number three, Oklahoma. Number four, number four, Ohio State. Okay. All right. Hear me out. I think Georgia is going to spank Alabama. Oh, you think they get Alabama all the way up out of there? I think Alabama, I think I, I'm going to get, to, I'm going to get to my Georgia point last. I've seen all I need to see from Georgia. I am not questioning Georgia anymore after seeing them put that, put that work in on Kentucky. Okay. That, that defense is, it, I've said this. My man, my, my one of my close friends accused me of being a hot take person, right? He said, I say, he said, I say things, I jump out the window, and then, you know, well, when I explain it, I articulate it better, like, okay, that makes sense, but nigga, you didn't have to present it like that. So I personally feel like Georgia's one of the best defenses I've seen in college football. 
and I'm, I'm going to make my point. Statistically, they're number one, right? And it's so it's not a close margin to number two or number one, right? They're, they're kicking they're kicking a lot of ass for number one, right? Uh, I can't think of a defense in the last ten years that's looking like this Georgia team. You know, they get niggas all the way the fuck out of here. Now, when they play Florida, because Dan Mullins, you know, I had Florida beating Georgia. I don't believe that anymore. Because, you know, Kentucky had the number one rushing attack. They held that nigga seven yards. I think Georgia's number one. Um, I'm not going to go in order. I think Kentucky gets in. I think OU gets in. I think Lincoln Riley just always finds a way to get into the playoffs. And my fourth team, I think this is Michigan's year. I think it's Michigan's year, bro. I. Let me let me do this just really quickly. Let me just run down Michigan and their. I'm not a believer, bro. I am not a believer in Michigan. I how think do you Michigan. Michigan is the fourth best Big Ten team, barring injury. Michigan is the fourth best Big Ten team, and I, I listen because I. I I know you're talking about Georgia's defense and Georgia's defense is solidified. Ohio State's defense is coming into their own as well. And they got the best wide receiver in the country. And Chris Olave, Chris Olave, however you say his name, they got the best wide receiver in the country. I Let's take a look at this. Michigan. All right. So I'm looking at Michigan and I'm trying to find the win that impresses me the most. And I don't see it. You beat Washington. Washington's not very good this year. You beat Rutgers. Rutgers is not very good this year. You're actually in a battle with Rutgers. 13, you won that game 20 to 13 with Rutgers. Wisconsin, nah, we don't believe you. Nebraska, nah, I don't believe you either. 32 to 29, you beat Nebraska. I don't who has believe. Missed, who, who has Ohio State beat you, though? So let's go to Ohio State. Okay. Oregon was getting Ohio State at the club. Okay, then it came back. But Oregon was was getting a switch for Ohio State. If Ohio right. State get into these playoffs, they're going to get done greasy. They're going to get the thing, done greasy. Do you have – I had – so here's the thing. Ohio State had not beaten anyone at mm-hmm. all. I mean, they lost to Oregon, and that was, a, that was a close game. And we know Oregon is potentially the real deal. Mm-hmm. I have more faith in Ryan Day and Ohio State coaching staff than I do. That is fair. That's a, that my is a man, good point. Jim Harbaugh. I, I I have more faith in Ohio State. I have more faith in their pedigree. They've been in the they've been in the college football playoffs from the start. Their pedigree is making it to that to those semifinals championship rounds. That's what they do. So I have more faith in that than Michigan, who y'all been telling me Michigan's been coming ever since Harbaugh got there. And finally in a year, he's supposed to be fired. We figure something out. I'm just, I'm not a believer in Michigan. So can I say this? Next week, the week of Halloween, we are going to find out who is the real. We're going to find out the real and the fake next week. Yeah, Michigan got Michigan State. It's every everybody's going, everybody's gonna, we're gonna see who the realest niggas in the club next week. 
because all <laughs> the big dog games next week, Georgia plays Florida, Michigan plays Michigan State, Ohio State plays Penn State, um, Cincinnati plays, even though Cincinnati plays Tulane, that's a trap game. That's one in five Tulane. That's a trap game. Are we Iowa still intrigued? Are hmm? we still intrigued by Florida? Are we still intrigued? That, do we still it's, are we still believers in Florida? It's still Florida. It's yeah, still it's Florida. Georgia. Listen, I understand, but this Georgia is coming a little bit different. I, I listen. I I agree. I one thousand percent agree. I am all in on this is the year that Kirby's going to win a national championship. I one thousand percent believe it. But if there was any game that he was going to trip and fall. It's going to be Florida. You get Florida out the fuck out the way because it's still Dan Mullins. Dan Mullins still, Dan Mullins wants to go fuck the points. He's going to find a way to throw some goddamn points on the board. It, it just is what it is, right? He got two dynamic quarterbacks. He's going to figure it out. Usually, yes, but against this Georgia team. I, it's too many athletes on, on the defense when Georgia comes out on defense. It's too many athletes. Basically, what what I see from the skill position, corner, safety, and you can even throw linebackers into the hybrid. They got two-way players on Georgia who only focus on defense because that's how they go into the league. You got dudes on Georgia who could run wide receiver that are track stars that just – I Georgia matches up with everybody. And then you talk about the defensive line. Georgia's defensive line is nuts. It, it's yes. crazy. So, I – I, I think that whatever we I saw think from Georgia's Florida, gonna put Alabama in the torture rack this year. This is the year that Kirby gets his. This is the year. Have you have you seen the 2022 recruiting class for Georgia? Yes, I have. My God. My God. <laughs> My goodness, man. Somebody has to investigate what the hell's going on over there in Georgia, man. That shit Listen. looks spooky over there. And you know what's crazy? It looks spooky, and Notre Dame still has the number one class for 2022 right now. It's crazy the way that's working Georgia out. Got number one. Georgia no, no, got no, some Georgia. dogs. No, no, no. Georgia got number one. They must have got somebody new because last I checked, Notre Dame had number one for twenty uh, on twenty four seven sports. When did you check? Notre Dame when had number one. Uh, probably about two weeks ago. No, 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 no. A lot has happened in two weeks, bro. Georgia has went out there the last two weeks and put their foot down on fucking recruit. They just got the bear, a ferocious de- defensive tackle. They've, they've signed a lot of heavy hitters. They've signed about the last two weeks, they've signed at least six five stars on some Alabama type shit. I don't know. I have, a, I know sure. what it is. What it is is Georgia, every no, time you're right. a recruit cycle, number one. Every, but you, you notice this every time a recruit cycle, a certain team just has that fucking juice. Alabama had it, we had it. Um, Notre Dame, I mean, Notre Dame had it a tiny bit. Ohio State had it. Oh, it this is just Georgia's time to have the fucking juice. And the way they're applying pressure to these fucking recruits, if if it all works out, it's going to be scary. Scary. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Just to run through that, just to just to be statistically accurate, Georgia does have the number one class for 2022. Alabama second. Penn State is third. Ohio State is fourth. Notre Dame is fifth. Then to round out the top ten, you got Texas, Oregon, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and then Clemson at ten. Shit. 
We ain't gonna feel we might we might end that bitch at eight. Tops. Speaking of Clemson, let me get this out the way. Um, I had a ton. I'm glad we didn't go on Sunday because I had a ton of Clemson energy. You would have been sounding crazy. Clemson fire. I was gonna sound real crazy on here, but I have been having a lot of conversations with Clemson fans over the last couple of days, and we've just accepted it on what it is. Um, I. I've, I've listened to Dabo, and Dab, I think Dabo Sweeney recognizes it is what it is with this team. You know, it, I think he understands, like, yeah, we're going to lose some games. I think we're going to lose this with the pit, me personally. Um, I think he had – I think he may have missed on some prospects. I think he – I think Dabo Sweeney has had an awakening. And But the thing with Dabo Sweeney is Dabo Sweeney – while he's having an awakening, he he does things on his terms. He doesn't do things where everybody wants him to do things. That's just how he is, right? So um, I have been, you know, a lot has been coming to the light the last couple of weeks with Clemson football that I have not been privy to. So Clemson has 10 walk-on players on scholarships. 10. Do you know how many of those players play? How many? One. So, so that, the pipeline's clogged up. Pipe, pipeline's clogged up. Uh, the problem is Dabo has been having players leave via transfer portal. He does not go instead transfer portal. He takes scholarships available. He gives them to walk-ons. And, and I get it. It's admirable. He's a former walk-on. But that ain't helping the problem. Um. We had uh, two guys enter the transfer portal this week. Uh, Joseph Charleston, um, he was starting. He got hurt a little bit, and he just opted to leave. I think the young boy, the freshman that we had, the safety from Texas, had a little bit something to do with that, in my personal opinion. Uh, he's been balling out of control. And I think we just have a lot of depth at safety. Um, and we had another running back leave. So we've lost two running backs under C.J. Spiller's watch. Now, um, depending on what ship we come back, I think we may have four, but, you know, it's looking like two. Um, and, you know, Dabo likes to preach about roster management. Um, I am of the belief as of right now, I did not want to believe it. The Clemson dynasty is over. That is done. The day Clemson may get one more national championship, maybe, Okay. I thought it was going to be this year. I was completely wrong. Maybe one more. I don't see no more after that. Um, but I think Clemson can still be an ace, a team that wins the ACC, make the playoff occasion, may get a win, may, maybe make the national championship game. They'll but be Notre that, Dame. Hmm? They'll be Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be Oklahoma and Notre Dame. And that's not bad. That's that's not bad. That's that's not bad. That's like because, one or two classes away from really making a run. Yeah, but because because the thing about it is is I think Lincoln Riley's a top three coach in football, but he can't get he can't get a fucking playoff win. He just can't. I don't know why he just fucking can't. I I think that's about me, Dabo Swing. He's gonna be that. He's gonna be Notre Dame. He's gonna be OU. He's gonna be a good program, but he's not. Wait, gonna be wait, better. wait. 
you're giving Dabo too much credit offensively because Lincoln Riley is Lincoln Riley because he's the quarterback whisperer and because yes. his offense is put up 40 to 50 a game. Dabo don't really do that. Dabo's not known for taking the players and putting the battery in their back and sending them off the high. No, 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 no. I, Dabo Sweeney is a culture guy. He's a CEO. That's what he is, right? He, 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 I, I, I always felt like Dabo's strong point is he just manages the game and he gets his players, he gets the best out of his players. I don't see him as a in-game adjustment, uh, adjustment person. I don't see Nick, <clears throat> I don't see Nick Saban as an in-game adjustment person anymore. I think Nick Saban is just the, the warden he's of the, the build. Prison. He's yeah, the he, warden of the prison. Now he has so like yeah, look at the coach he's had. I think he just he just lays the fucking hammer down. Like he he just has a well-oiled machine. He doesn't have to make in-game adjustments like that. You know what I mean? He just has so many good coaches to like he just he he talks football with him, but he doesn't have to get his hands in a pot. He's just like yo, get it fucking done. You know have I mean? you seen have you seen his conversations about uh when coaches like Kirby Smart or uh uh or Mario Cristobal and them leave him to go get their head coaching jobs? Have you seen how how defensive he gets when they ask about coaches who get to leave? Like he does not let his coaches leave. Like you can't leave, you can't like Bill O'Brien can't leave and go take a head coaching job somewhere else and then grab the staff from Alabama that he wants to. He's gonna have to get that shit out the mud from somewhere else. Nick Saban is like, nah, you can go, but you're not touching nothing that's here. That's true. That's true. You don't play that shit. But I but I think Nick Saban has he's he's recruited so well. I don't feel like Nick Saban makes like in-game adjustments anymore. I, I think I, I didn't feel like Urban made, you know what I mean? You just you just ascend to a certain tier when you have such good coaches and coaches and players, so you don't really have to coach you just gotta manage the game you gotta right. keep your players in you gotta get him motherfuckers ass you gotta tell them you gotta let your stars be stars and i think that's what now, Dabo does to, to both of those coaches that you mentioned nick saban and urban meyer their practice culture and the culture in the buildings from sunday to friday is insane they do everything yes. they need to do from sunday to, to to friday and then saturday they just let the boys go play and yes, it's usually enough. It's usually enough. So I personally feel that I don't think that Dabble, I don't think practice-wise a problem with Dabble. You know what I mean? I I remember the days of Clemson come up. Dabble, I, I, Dabble was getting it out the fucking mud, right? I don't think shit is lax in Clemson personally. Now, what I think is going on at Clemson is I think you I think when you have a farm system of former players, you have a tough time trying to treat motherfuckers like employees instead of family. And you can't have family in you can't have family when you're running a fucking business. You you I mean, but you can have family, but in the day when you really trying to make it to the fucking top, you can't have family. You gotta have motherfucking employees. Niggas got to know they fucking wrong, correct? Facts. Dabo has this. I think recently he has surrounded himself around people on special office side of the ball that are family to him. He loves them. He has connections to them, and that shit shows on offense. Defensively, he has people that have no ties to him, 
and they're getting it fucking done on fucking defense. He may have a connection, but it's not like I didn't coach you. Like CJ Spill, he coached CJ Spill. That's his guy. He wouldn't got CJ Spill. You know what I mean? That's his guy. Uh, the wide receiver coach, Tyler Grist, that's his guy. Um, Streeter, you know, I don't really, I think Streeter's a really, really good quarterback coach. Um, but those are guys that he got connections with. It's hard to be, you know, CJ, I'm going to get this shit together, CJ, with, 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 with CJ Spiller. Dabo loves CJ Spiller. You know what I mean? That's the guy that got him to the ACC championship. You feel me? So I think, from what I, from my honest opinion, I think somebody's getting fucking fired in all season. And if it ain't fire, somebody stepping the fuck down. Because I think one thing I think Dabble knows is Dabble, like, if I if I want to stay on top, I got to do what the fuck I got to do. I don't know who is it going to be. I don't think Tony Elliott's getting fired because the options of that is not good. Then that just plays into the Dabble is racist. I think either Tony Elliott's going to take a head coaching job or somebody else is coming in there. But somebody on that offensive staff is stepping down. It, it has to happen. It's, I think some. It's going to get to a point where somebody's going to make somebody step the fuck down. Um, I, I just to jump in here real quick. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think the whole ship is coming back the same way next year, and they're just going to they're going to blame it on DJ's youth. They're going to say he needs another year in the offense to get consistency. And then if he still sucks next year, that's when I think everything that you're saying is going to come to fruition. I don't think they're going to pull the ripcord just because this is this is the down year. I think they're going to give it one more year and see what this recruiting class does that for 2022. Only, so, P, let me say this. That only happens if, if we beat Pitt, that happens. If we beat Pitt this weekend, that happens because that means we coach through it, right? We don't beat Pitt. That's loss number three. Offense is going to look it's, – it's only two things. It's three things that will break Dabo. You know what I mean? Another loss that takes us out of ACC championship contention. That's going to hurt him, right? Losing to Florida State this year after that shit, Norval Pool, that's going to hurt him. Losing to South Carolina, which I have no – I do not believe we're going to lose South Carolina at all. I believe we'll beat South Carolina 14-3. As pathetic as South Carolina is. If we lose to South Carolina, one of those three things will, will make Dabo jump out the fucking window. I guarantee you that because Dabo is getting blitzed when he has the, you know, the, uh, the call-in show. He's getting mm-hmm. blitzed by fans. The same thing that we be saying on this podcast, the same thing I be seeing on Twitter, everybody's saying. He's getting blitzed every week on the call-in show. I'm pretty sure Clemson is a very uncomfortable place. He's com- he's saying players got to get off social media. Everybody's getting it, it's getting real uncomfortable in Clemson because fans don't want to hear that shit. You feel me? So somebody's going to change. Something's going to happen because niggas is not coming to games if everything's the same. Listen, y- y- y'all can lose the pit. I think everything's going to be all right, right? I think everything's going to be all right if y'all lose the Florida State. And or South Carolina, that's that's players flipping commitments. Yeah, in December, that yeah. that I agree with you a thousand percent. If you lose the Florida State, as bad as Florida State's been, you lose the South mm-hmm. Carolina. As much as y'all have little bro South Carolina for the last what 
Seven, seven years. years. Yep. Those one of those two things, or both of those things happen. That you're you're talking about any transfers that you were potentially hoping to pick up, which I don't think y'all do the transfer portal anyways. Uh, and then 2022 commitments flipping. Like yeah. Clemson yeah. will be a dead spot. They'll either go to North Carolina or if they was on the fence between Georgia and Clemson, they go on to Georgia. Not going to, I, I got North Carolina hurt a little bit. Um, <laughs> they not going to North Carolina hurt a little bit. I I, I can see because we're not. I think I can see uh I can see Georgia, other places. Those two things will hurt. But I I have before we move on. I have a hot take. It's my hot take of the week. I know who the next offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator in Clemson. It hit me last night. It hit me last night. I was watching our Charlotte, my home Charlotte Hornets get busy. I was I was on Twitter. You know, you know the algorithms of Clemson have been just been attaching to me because I've been spazzing on Clemson all season long on Twitter. Not showing a weakness on Facebook, but I've been spazzing on Clemson on Twitter. Willie fucking Corn. Mm. Willie Corn. Do you know who Willie Corn is? Talk to me. You don't know who Willie Corn is? No, I don't. I'm not. Willie Corn is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in South Carolina history. He played for Burns. He was arguably, I think he, I think he got like three or four state championships. Willie Corn was like that guy. He went to Clemson. I forgot what year. Maybe 06, 06, no. I think 08, maybe. He went to Clemson, right? Um, he, he just he didn't, he just couldn't cut it, man. He just didn't have it. Um, left Clemson, went to North Greensville. I think he was good over there. Got into coaching. Coached at North Greenville. Coached at Charleston Southern. Guess where he is at the offensive quarter at right now? Coastal Carolina, mm. number 14, well, probably lower now, number 14, Coastal Carolina, offensive coordinator. Willie Korn eventually wants to stomp with the big dogs. South Carolina guy, what, Clemson needs to get back in recruiting the state. That would light the state on fucking fire if you get Willie Korn a redemption story back at Clemson. That is what we need. That is my hot take. I think Dabo's going to go get a young, up-and-comer offensive coordinator. So when Elliot want to phase the black, he has somebody that can keep this recruiting thing going. And I think if Willie Corn comes in, they're going to phase some guys out, and Willie Corn's going to take over. That is my hot take. I like it. I like it. Willie Corn. I'm, I'm manifesting it. Let's move forward, though. Um, you didn't see that much college this week, did you? I got a chance to look at a little bit. Okay, okay. We're not going to get into the games. We kind of brushed over that. Something happened this weekend. A certain coach with a raspy voice that coaches LSU lost his job. Right? Now, granted, he's been, you know, Going on a sex spree and buying pink power force pills, you know, it's just walling the hell out, right? 
since he won a national championship in 2019. Um, Coach O has left LSU. So my question to you, right? We have three, we have two jobs open, but a third one, which is Miami, is going to be open, right? Who are we? Who so we've already talked about USC. Who needs to go to Miami? How do you feel about LSU and who needs to go to LSU? Talk to me. First off, whoever you're thinking needs to be at Miami probably doesn't need to be at Miami because it's probably <laughs> going to be the wrong guy. Miami needs a culture shift, and I'm, the money's dirty down there. Not saying they're doing illegal activities, but they don't know how to spend the money. They blow the money. They don't know where to put the money at. Um, personally, realistically, if they – I don't know if they treaded on these waters before, but if, if things don't work out at Jacksonville, I would love to see Charlie Strong head back to Miami as the head coach. That's just me personally. And I would like for them to give him a four-year commitment. Like, just do your thing. We're not worried about shit. We're not worried about wins or losses. We need you to law and order everything that's going down here in Miami. Because what's happening in Miami is kids just love everything about Miami. They, they, they're still breathing the cocaine into the 80s and the 90s football and maybe the early 2000s. But they're not really about that life. They're not really about building the, the Miami program back up. They just want the glitz and glamour being you you and kids so whoever you're thinking of miami the flashy name it probably shouldn't be that charlie strong might be flashy uh to some people but not to me i think he's the right guy for the job um lsu lsu the lsu the strength because here's the thing lsu has run off three national championship head coaches back to back to back Yep, they have. Nick Saban. Nick Saban was gone. Les Miles is gone. Ed Orgeron is gone. You're going to need somebody to be of that same caliber type of player. Or, excuse me, same caliber type of coach. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is right now. Um, it might be a Bama guy. You know, it, it might be an Alabama guy. Shit, I'm just looking at – I just it, – it's hard to call. USC probably is going to be Urban Meyer. Okay. That's, that's where I'm at. I – hmm. Miami, I know who needs to take over Miami. It needs to be an NFL guy. I have the perfect coach for the University of Miami. It's just going to piss alumni off. He's coaching plays for Alabama right now, Bill O'Brien. He would be the perfect coach to take over Miami. And the reason why is because he, uh, he's an NFL guy. He's a proven college guy. He was a damn good coach when he was a head coach. I mean, say what you want about Bill O'Brien. He's a pathetic GM, but he could coach some football. I think Bill O'Brien Miami would, would be kind of scared. You know what I mean? ACC, you know what I mean? Um, I have the guy for LSU. LSU, you got two options right now, all right? LSU is very demanding, and LSU has delusions of grandeur because the, the, the reason coaches from LSU keep getting fired is because of Nicholas fucking Satan. 
Nick, Nicholas Saban is the fucking great reacher, reaper for all LSU coaches, right? Outside of himself that he was coaching there. Um, if you really want to take it there and, and, and lose all morals, you get your bet, you get all your fucking money up and you go get Urban. You bring him back to the Wild Wild West. Now, I don't know if Urban has the stomach to deal with a uh, 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 Nick Saban that may be leaving Alabama soon. And uh, uh, SEC that's getting Oklahoma and Texas. I don't know if Nick Saban has. I don't know if Urban has a stomach for that type of Wild Wild West shootout. But if if Urban don't want to play, I take all my coins. I go up to Carolina. I pull up to Charlotte and I ask Joe Brady what's good. I bring them back. Joe Brady had that gave LSU the time of their fucking life, and they've been looking for that same high ever since. And they're not going to come close to the high. So that's what I would do. I would go and say, "Yo, Joe Brady, I'll give you five a year. I'll make you one of the highest paid coaches. Come back, and coach LSU." What do you think about that? I like it. And as we're talking, you gave me more. You gave me more ideas. Right? I might be breaking some news here for our listeners. I don't okay. know if a lot of people follow Pac-12 football or if you follow the scandals that are going on with ASU right now. But earlier today, and I'll throw the day out there, today, Thursday, October 21st, 2021, Antonio Pierce has removed all mentions of ASU from his Twitter profile. He's one of the most active recruiting coaches in the country. There's no mention of Arizona State University on Antonio Pierce's profile, which leads me to believe that either A, he himself is getting canned, or B, that entire ASU staff is about to be out the door. You just had the loss. You just had the loss to Utah. You gave up 28 unanswered points. If that happens, I can see a coaching carousel start occurring and we're talking about maybe three different staffs being affected here. Obviously, ASU will be out the door. Miami's going to have an opening. FSU is then going to have an opening because of Nor- I, I think Norvell is going to end up getting getting smacked at the end of this year. I don't think there you is- know what Norvell Norvell has been salvaging shit. He got to sell. He he got to get six wins, some way somehow. But go ahead. I don't, th- I don't know if they're going to keep him on, but if they keep him on, his offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham, could mm-hmm. potentially be up for that job down there in okay. Miami, or he could be coming out to ASU. Okay. And there's some personal ties. I think, I think that that could be a real thing, but I think if there is some unrest in FSU, I think that changes everything about what happens in Miami. Yep. And that's just my little hot take, my little bit of information. Okay. It might connect the dots. It might not even make sense to y'all. But just as you were speaking and throwing out, you know, people going and picking and choosing, there might be an opening at FSU that might change the direction of a lot of these coaches moving. Because let, let's be realistic. If you had a choice between Miami or Florida State right now, what school are you choose? Oh, Florida State. I think Florida State got that upside. Florida State has better upside, even though yeah. Miami is the more storied program. Even though Miami is the more storied program, 
you're taking an FSU job if you got the choice between Miami. Yeah, yeah. You've got better. You just got better talent. Yep. You just got better. You got better talent. The, the better talent is at Florida State. Um, damn. I think the easier path to the ACC, you just got to get past Clemson. I think it's too wide open in the coastal. You got to play North Carolina. You got to play Pitch. You got to play Virginia. It's just too wide open. You don't. It's too hard in the coast. You know what I mean? That's why the coast has been revolving door. But yeah, Florida State. Okay, let me. We'll see. Let, let, let's, let's bring it to my next thing, so we can move forward. Um, I saw something this weekend, um, that really kind of like stuck out to me. Um. I remember in 2015, my tires were dancing in the locker room and people would call them goofy and like, what the fuck Dallo doing? It's not how you conduct football, blah, blah, blah. Now everybody dancing in the locker room, right? It's, it's a routine thing. I saw, you know, we big up Jackson State a lot on this podcast, but I saw young fucking Dolph oh, up in there. Goodness. In the locker oh room. my goodness! I felt I felt an energy through my phone. I felt it, it overwhelming. I said, "Oh!" I saw my veins jumping. I, I I felt the ignorance flowing, coursing through my veins. I said, "Yo, what is going on? Why do I? How can I get in a locker room with your dog right now, bro? How? Where do you think this is going?" I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I think it's going. I, I think prime fucking, uh, I think prime messing up, a, I think he, he he's, he's shaking the table. Well, first off, let's acknowledge, let's acknowledge that he, he sold out the vet for homecoming, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, 53,000 yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, 53,000. I've never seen a whole, I've never seen HBC homecoming like that. That's, that's amazing. Never seen that. Secondly, I think they said the homecoming festivities over the weekend made the city of Jackson $5 million. Made the city of Jackson. So not only, listen, that table is shaking. Whatever was on that damn table is knocked over and spilled over. He's shaking the table already. He's proved that you can, you can. So what's next for me is Dion Here's the thing: is, is Dion coaching to be a lifer, or is he is he just coaching to change the culture? And once he sees it moving in the direction, then he he's hands off because you got Dion at Jackson, you got Eddie George at Tennessee State. I think you're going to see a lot more guys starting to infuse their celebrity and their resources into HBCUs. Yes, I, I would love to see him stay in the coaching ranks and make that jump from FCS to FBS. I would love to see it. That's happening. I don't think that's happening. I think I personally think after Prime, I think Prime is there to get his sons in the league and then he's out. I can't knock him for that, but I would be disappointed if that's the goal because he is so impactful for the entire landscape of college football. What he's doing at Jackson is what we've all said HBCU should be doing. We just yes. we don't have the resources to 
find the money to get the money to flow in the direction we need to flow. But what he's doing at Jackson should be happening at every HBCU across yeah, so, the sidebar, um The CIAA just signed a deal with ESPN to show basketball games. That's amazing. That's huge. CIAA, I saw that. Basketball tournaments have really been a big thing, but go continue. No, and I saw Howard had their homecoming weekend with the basketball festivities and everything, and hopefully – you know, things continue to move in that line. I know you had a couple uh, blue chip basketball players commit to HBCUs and all that's great. But um, what's next for Dion? You know, I, I've, I've been arguing this in my own personal circles is a lot of people think that they're going to play the Celebration Bowl. I don't think that they should play. I think they should go to the FCS playoffs. But I've heard I think they're going to the playoffs. I heard the SWAT opts out because it costs them money and they don't really make money. But I think Dion's a different type of dude. He's not going to worry about, oh, this is how the SWAT uses that. He's not doing anything that the SWAT is used to. So I can see them going for, for the FCS and I can see them trying to shoot down North Dakota and, and South Dakota and those schools like that. Um, I think that's a year two accomplishment. I don't know if they really get it year one, but the same way you felt when you saw those videos on Instagram with Dion in the locker room, they gave, they gave a kid who was the camera guy for football. They brought his mom in. They had this whole uh, theatrical spill and they gave him an offer right there in the locker room went crazy. And then all of a sudden young Dolph pops up and, and the kids are going crazy. You got Shador Sanders there with Cuban links on and he's matching Dolph. And there's just so much juice dripping out of Jackson right now. Yeah. That yeah. You I want to see it continue. I don't want it to end with Dion. I want to see a torch pass, but you know, this is gonna be a part of his legacy. I, mean, I, I hope it continues. I hope that he continues to coach. And this is not a just a, a one-off thing. This is his true path to what he wants to do. But um yeah, I think it's a little early to go out and say, you know, FCS playoff win for HBCU. When's the last time that happened? I don't know. We'll have to look that up. But I, I can't remember. Honestly, I think I think this year, I agree. I think this year, I can see as long as Jackson, Jackson State takes care of business, I can see FCS playoff Jackson State. I think Prime wants to get up in there. You know what I mean? I think, I think, you know, and also – I agree with your point. I think, but a lot of times, if, if HBCUs have have be are snubbed from the playoffs, I I played at Fayetteville State two thousand nine. Um, we had a championship team. Um, the CIAA, you know, <clears throat> historically isn't a very very strong football conference, you know, based on the teams. But um, a lot, sometimes we may get two. Other conferences, they get three and four. So it's it's a you know it's a, a I ain't gonna say racist, but you know it is what it is. You might get two or three black schools in there out of the entire playoff. So you know I I, I see why they opt for the celebration bowl because it's a bigger bag to them. But I I really feel like Prime is going to go for it. Because if, if he you goes can, to the celebration bowl, I will be so disappointed. If he I don't think I don't see that man. I don't see that. I, I think the only way they go to celebration ball if they get snubbed. And I think that what Prime trying to do, I think he's trying to go pluck some dogs off. I, I'll also this, and we got to move forward. 
I, when I saw Young Dolph in that locker room, we're going to see more rappers in the locker room now. We're going to see a whole lot more rappers in the locker room. And I, it's so many people hitting this transfer portal. If Dion can put, if Coach Prime can put one kid or two kids in this coming fucking draft, it is open season on this oh. transfer portal. So to get personal for a little bit, to get personal for a little bit, you remember mm-hmm. you sent me that video of them celebrating mm-hmm. in the locker room, right? And then I sent you a screenshot of what? Of me, DM and Dion, mm-hmm. my son's film to get him recruited. Mm-hmm. Reached out to director of player personnel, got a response. It's starting to get real jiggy around here. Got okay. a response. But let me tell you something about Coach O. He's the director of player personnel. He will tell you, last year, zero NFL scouts, zero NFL representation at Jackson State for the 2019 season. We won't use 2020 because 2020 was a COVID year. 2019, zero NFL scout representation at Jackson State. So far this season, 2021, 20-plus NFL teams have been to Jackson State practices, Jackson State's games, scouting players, like getting the inside scoop on players. Jackson Mm -hmm. State might have two or three kids going to draft over the course of the next one to two years. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, it's, it's, it's going to get scary, man. I, I it's going to be a lot more rappers in here. Uh, this cheese about to gobble up this transfer portal, bro. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to get real crazy right here, man. I, I can see, uh, some, some more sponsors about the trickle in Jackson State. It's, it's, it's going to get insane, man. Listen, but all the kids need to see is the path to the NFL. Once they see that path to the NFL, they're coming. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next one. All right, man. Somebody, we got to talk a little NFL. Nasty Boy Watson, you know, um, one of my favorite quarterbacks, um, is in the rumor mill. Uh, Street saying Dolphins getting antsy, two ain't cutting the mustard. They got a black head coach. He wanted five. You know, he, he you know the vibes of one of five black coaches. We 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 know they head on the chopping block. We already know that, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think Watson gets traded this year with all the allegations, or does he just pass the trade deadline, work to get some of this resolved so the Panthers can trade for him? What do you think? Deal gets done by the trade deadline, November second. Right around the trade deadline, somebody's going to be in desperation mode. So that's what two weeks away now, a little over a week away. Um, I think he gets dealt this year. I don't think you can sit on Deshaun Watson and have faith that you're going to be able to get what you can get for him right now. Next year, when more of his his legal woes play out, which I don't think legally he's going to be in that much trouble. I think it. It's going to be a situation where either goes it's, away. It's, or gets it's very quiet. Like it's very, very quiet on that front. So I, I see it. So here's the thing with Miami and here's the thing with the Panthers. Miami's really trying to get a trade done right now. Like they're working on it. It's actively being pursued. However, from what I've read online, and I'm sure you guys can go find it as well, Tua doesn't want to go to Houston. 
They want no parts of going to Houston. His representation doesn't want to deal in the Houston. So I don't know if that's a roadblock or not. Carolina has really been actively trying to negotiate and figure it out, but I don't know if they're serious enough to pull the trigger, but they are definitely talking. So that leads me to believe that there's some serious, serious interest in Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm interested to see once we start getting closer to November 2nd, what team jump out the window. Obviously we said Miami, obviously we said Carolina. I don't know. Maybe Denver wants to get jiggy. Maybe Denver's talking. If you find a list of teams who are talking to Cam Newton, you might find the same list of teams who are interested in Deshaun Watson. I think that so what, what do you do you think the price I've I've heard what Casario asked the price was. I don't believe that's the price. You think the price is three first rounders, two second rounders, three first rounders, or two first rounders? I think it's two first rounders and a second so the, and a seventh rounder. They're asking for three right now. They're not going to come off three. They're not going to come off three until we get close to November 2nd and they realize nobody's jumping out the fucking window. If somebody jumps out the window for them because situation is starting to get a little crazy, I think they can get those three for them. But if the situations are getting crazy, it's getting to November 2nd, around midnight, they might let that thing go for two. They got to get them off. They, they got to get them off the books. You can't get a 45 or $40 million quarterback not playing. Going into next year, especially in the new league year, you 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 have to go. If I'm the Panthers, right? <clears throat> Ooh, and the Panthers idiotically don't have too much. And, and I gonna call it idiotically because I like when you want to risk it all. I thought it was stupid to trade for Sam Darnold. I voiced that many times, right? Many many times. Two first round, two second rounds for, for Sam Darnold is idiotic. The, the, the Jets finesse. Um, I think that the only way Tepper will jump out the winner to get to Sean Watson is Sam Darnold has to look worse than last week, like flat out abysmal for him to just say, fuck it. I'm going to give that's four losses in a row. Fuck it. Whatever happened, happened because you're going to lose. Like You don't know what's going to happen. Um, you're giving up a lot of draft capital. It's worth it though. Um, the thing with the Dolphins is, what do you do with Tua? Are, are, is is it un? I mean, he's a second year player. Are, are you doing the right thing, giving up on Tua, or are you just antsy because you want to win? Nobody cried for Josh Rosen when he was dealt his second year. So, sorry, Tua. That's true. It, it, it is the game. The game is the game. But, like, I don't know, man. I, 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 I want the Panthers to trade for I just – if the Panthers cannot – and I'm going to say this, I'm going to move forward. If the Panthers cannot trade for Deshaun Watson, and I don't feel like they have the chest to do it because that's going to be a lot, I say you have two options. 
because you got to get this quarterback thing fixed, and it's not going to get fixed this year. Sam Darnold is who the fuck he is, right? It, it is what it is. You can blame the goal line. say what I think you're about to say. Go ahead and say it, but don't say what I think you're about to say. Go ahead and say it. You, you can't get Aaron Rodgers. You, you can't. Aaron Rodgers is not coming to Carolina. That's not happening, right? That's, he's going to be afraid. That's not happening. He's going to go to a contender. No matter what the Panthers do, he's not going to the Panthers. That's not happening. He's right there in the draft. You missed last year on your quarterback. Go and get Sam Howell. Okay, cool. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I thought you were going to go in another direction. I thought you were going to go in another direction. We don't drunk text You think they got the heart to sign Cam Newton? You think they got the We don't drunk text their exes. And we don't make bad decisions. We don't go back down that road. Then I stopped that would bring a that would bring the family back together. That's not happening. That's not happening. Nah, I I think you got to go draft Sam Howell, man. You got to re- or Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Malik Willis. You got to go get a quarterback. Like this, it is what it is. To if me, there's been a batch of quarterbacks who have done themselves the worst favors. It's the twenty. It's the twenty twenty two quarterback classes in college right now there's never been another class of quarterbacks who have played each and every single last one of them have played themselves out of first potential first round consideration i i don't think i've ever seen it before at least one player has written i don't think one quarterback from the preseason 2022 list has written we got sam howell you got uh uh spencer rattler you got the Iowa State quarterback who we thought was going to be on top. You got Derek King who who we thought was going to be on top. Uh, I, I never seen it before. I say I think Sam Howell. I think that the I, to me, I still think some of this is salvageable, right? Um, I think that Malik Willis will be good for you. Um, maybe if you want Kenny, uh, pick it, maybe, um, I am falling more and more in like, not in love with Matt Carell more. I'm, I'm, I'm falling for him. No homo, but I'm falling. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, huh? I think you can play. I think you can play. I think you can play, sir. Oh, oh, he's not a first rounder. Maybe I don't. I don't. I, I'm falling. I'm falling for him a little bit, man. I'm, I'm leaning that way, saying, "Huh, I think you might. I think you got the stuff, sir." Um, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of, of quarterbacks. I don't think this quarterback is that bad. It just isn't his last year. Is it your tr- historical? quarterback draft it wasn't what i thought it was i think it's the nicest like okay you're cool i like it, it it's a justin herbert in here you know like you didn't see you like they told you about justin herbert you really didn't believe it because you didn't see it and now it's like holy shit justin herbert's out of his fucking mind like this is it this is it um this right here that we're gonna make some picks and get up out of here. Um, this NFL season, what did you expect? What, what shocked? What surprised you? 
we're, we're, we're at the halfway point. Um, what really knocked your socks off? Like, if you were just to say something that just kind of like, wow, I didn't see this coming. Um, Dallas being as close to a complete team as possible. Um, I'm going to say Dak and Trayvon Diggs balling out of this world. That surprised me. Um, I always had faith in Dak, but I didn't think it. I thought it was going to be along the same lines of a Tony Romo-ish. I think Dak skill-wise has surpassed what Tony Romo has done for the Cowboys. Not in, like, total accomplishment, like wins and going 8-8 eight and eight and getting into the playoffs and losing. I think skill-wise, Dak has been the best quarterback Dallas has had, shit, I might say ever. I know people say Roger Staubach. We're talking about recent color television quarterback play. I'm not talking about any of that old bullshit. That has surprised me. Um, and then on the opposite end, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers are disappointing me. And I even think that we thought Pittsburgh was going to be disappointed, but I thought that Mike Tomlin would have enough to make that respectable. These, I feel like these boys are trying to get Mike Tomlin fired. I feel like Pittsburgh is trying. This doesn't feel like the Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh Steelers team. So those, those are my two surprises for the year. Obviously, I can go deeper into that, but I want to keep it brief. Yeah, the Cowboys looking scary and the Steelers looking like the Browns. Um, I am shocked by the Bengals. Mm. And I'm shocked by the Bengals because I didn't think they were going to be that good that fast. I didn't see it. Um, I, I didn't think Jamar Chase was going to be like that. I didn't think they want to do that to Higgins. I just didn't see it, like at all. And um, I, I, you know, Lamar, you know, the Browns are going through growing pains with Baker being hurt, and Big Ben still is a full of they're gonna fall for clips eventually. And you know, the black quarterback Lamar Jackson doing his thing, but I think the Bengals might make the playoffs if they can, if they can keep this up. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. Um, One two right now. Yeah, I am also shocked by the New England Patriots. I am. I, I know I've been talking a lot of shit about Mac Mac Jones, and I, I've been praying for that downfall. But I didn't think it was gonna come true. Uh, I thought the Patriots had a little bit more talent, you know, as a team to kind of get by. You know what I mean? And now I just don't see it. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of like everything just doesn't fit. Like, I, I don't feel like they're good enough. I feel like this Patriots team, even though they played the Dallas, the probably the best of teams going to play Dallas this season, um, it wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough. And I think they're going to get into more games like that when teams are just going to make a play because they don't have anybody to make a play for them. And, and I'm shocked by that. And th those are my two surprises. Um, let's get into these picks, man. 
and then we're gonna get up out of here. Let's um, recap last week. Let's recap right, let's last recap. week. Give me last week's recap. Boy. So we're gonna start with the college picks. I got Kilton College. Not even not. Yeah. So college picks. College picks. Me, P. Hardy, I went four and three. Not great, but better than Julius Rock. Julius Rock went one and six in college picks last week. It's a rough week. NFL picks, I went five and one. My only my only loss was believing in Justin Fields over uh over Aaron Rodgers. Julius Rock went three and three. I can do I can live with that. I can live with that. All right, man. I'm going to fire off these picks to you. I might dabble some NFL in there. We have a case of Gatorade on the line. Um, I got Clemson versus Pitt. Um, I, I don't have a heavy week this week. I struggled putting this together. I think uh, October 30th is a real, real big week. Um, I have Clemson losing to Pitt. Um, we're going to Heinz Field. The offense ain't hitting no shit. If we can't get this shit together after a bye week, I don't want to make you think we're going to get this shit together. I see Clemson losing 35 to 21 or 24. Losing to Pitt. I got Clemson winning. I'm not going to give you a score, but at the end of the day, you said Brent Venables had the defense playing well. I think that's going to be enough to stifle Pitt's offense. It's been pretty decent this year. Um, I think Clemson can sneak one out. Give me uh, not too many Tiger fans got faith in the Pitt game this week. So, you know, this is a big game for Dabble. UCLA versus Oregon. My heart telling me to go UCLA, and for those reasons, I'm going with Oregon. I'm going with Crystal Ball, man. Crystal Ball. I mean, he just played with Stafford, man. Everybody, everybody that played with Stafford get burnt. It just is. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Stafford will beat a big dog and lose to a, a, a trash team next week. That's why David Shaw is who he is. I'm going with Oregon. Um, USC versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame fresh off a of bye. Give me Notre Dame. Okay. Um, I think you. I'm going Notre Dame as well. We don't have to put this down, but I'm throwing it out there. Alabama versus Tennessee. Tennessee is one of the top scoring offenses. Do you do you want to put this there? Just Alabama. We can talk much. about it. We can just put it in the air. We're not gonna count it though. Uh, I'll put a little asterisk next to it. Give me Bama, man. They ain't got no time to be playing around with Tennessee. Okay. I mean Tennessee putting points on the board, man. Tennessee's dropping, doing it to everybody. I'm going to this. I'm going to uh, Alabama, man. Um, Maryland, Minnesota. Yeah, give me the Gophers. I'm going to a brother, Maryland. Um, Howard versus Norfolk State. Uh, Howard has a quarterback from South Carolina with a Gaffney. He's starting. His first is started. I am going with Howard. I'm going with Norfolk. Okay. 
All right, let's get into some NFL picks. At the Chiefs versus the Titans. I am going with the Titans. I don't know how the hell the Chiefs are going to stop Derrick Henry. I don't. Derrick Henry cut the damn bills up. I don't see how the fuck they're going to stop there. I, I think the train is starting a little earlier than normal this year. Another potential 200 yard rushing season. Yeah, I'm going 2,000 yard well. rushing season. You're going I'm going Titans? with the Titans as well. Um, I feel everything is going to fall in place for, for Kansas City. Like I said on the previous podcast, I don't really think there's an issue with Kansas City's offense. Um, I know Pat Mahomes is turning the ball over more than he ever has. I just don't think the Chiefs defense can stop anybody from putting up points. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Bengals versus the MVP of the league, Lamar Jackson. This is actually going to be a good game. Give me Lamar in a shootout. Okay. I am awesome. Man, this could be the game right here, man. This could be the game right here. This could be the game. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Lamar can slip up. Um, I can't go against Lamar. I cannot, but I would not be surprised if Joe Burrow don't push. This is an over, this is going to be an overtime game. It's going to be an overtime game. I think Bengals is going to put a lot of pressure on Lamar. A borderline beat. If they don't, I, I could see them beating the Ravens this week. The Bengals are just, the Bengals are nice. So is that, uh-huh. a, is that a Bengals pick or is that a Ravens pick? I'm going with Lamar. I can't go against Lamar. My last pick, and we get up out of here, man, Colts versus Niners. Your old stomping grounds versus the Niners. I got to go with the Colts, man. I, I like don't believe in, I don't believe in Carson Wentz. Listen, I think he gets T.Y. back this week. I think he gets T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he got another young receiver, the Paris kid. He's balling. Although I think he might be, he might be injured, but uh, I just don't know who the Niners got. I know Trey Lance ain't practicing. Jimmy Garoppolo practiced for the first time in weeks today. I don't know if the 49ers got the juice like that right now. Give me, give me Carson Wentz and them boys. One thing about the Niners is they play low-scoring, ugly, grimy games. And I feel like that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a low-scoring, ugly, grimy game. And I, with that, I think the Niners are going to win. And I'm going with the Niners. Oh, last thing, man. Urban Meyer got a win. Meh. Almost killed them. Urban Meyer got a win. Meh. Does Not he impressed. get another win? No. You don't think Urban Meyer's getting a win? No. You think Trevor's going 116? <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you watched a lot of Jaguars ball. I haven't. But what I've seen, that team is horrible. That team is absolutely horrible. I want Charlie Strong to get out while he can. I don't want this to stain his reputation. I don't want this to be a blemish on his record. The Jaguars are horrible. 
everything they do is terrible. Situationally, uh, just coming in, being prepared. And let me tell you this. That win lets me know the NFL is rigged because how's the owner who's a UK guy? That's where you get your first win at. This is what we do in NFL. I don't believe y'all. I don't believe y'all. The Jaguars are terrible. Um, next week, man, we're gonna get a bite here tonight. Next week, I want to come in and ask who is the who is the best quarterback from this draft. I have uh, 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 something I want to present. I'm not going to present it right now because I do not have the leverage to present it right now, but I will have the leverage to present it next week. Mac Jones plays Zach Wilson. I'm going to throw some numbers out there. We're going to see. I have an agenda out here. I'm, I'm pushing, but nonetheless, man, thank y'all for rocking with us, man. I know this was a little more lengthy, but, you know, we had to get some shit off. Uh, appreciate y'all for fucking with us, man. Have a good evening.